The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. It is Friday, June the 18th, and uh, we're going to talk some quarterback competitions with the Super Friends coming up on Monday. A mailbag. Oh, man, what a fun time of the year. Birthdays, anniversaries. Ryan Wilson, what's your birthday? June 27th? Amen, brother. That's right. What's mine? 26th. That's right. Yeah. And we also have Father's Day coming up. Father's Day. Oh, and Father's Day. That's right. Uh, My God, Brinson. Preach, you stomped all over it. It's Brinson's 40th birthday. Well, I mean, before we get there. Congrats. What is it? Congrats on the sex, Preach. We get it. (laughs) (laughs) Congrats. You freaking Father's Day. Let's be clear. Is this your first Father's Day or second? Second. Second. Okay. And let's be clear. We don't know with 100% confirmation that Breach is actually the father. So we said, sure. well, we'll and, and also in Brinson's defense, I was thinking there was only like a 30% chance I would be a dad, but there was only a 25% chance that Brinson would live to be 40. So <laughs> it, I mean, the odds here are kind of even. There's a lot to celebrate. Kind of <laughs> thinking that earlier. I was like, man, you know, at, at 15, I would have said I would live to be 85. At 20, I would have said 40 is a good job. After the Miami Super Bowl, I would have said 38 tops. <laughs> and you're halfway you're halfway to 80. Think about that. Uh, and uh, yeah, anywho, um, June 26th, for those that want to tweet me or, or holler at me, holla at you, boy. Uh, we will also, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my resplendent Torrey Pines 2021 U.S. Open on rope hat. And if you enjoy sports throughout the weekend, you could listen to the First Cut podcast. They'll be talking about all the golf going down at Torrey Pines and breaking it down. But more importantly, Saturday on CBS, there's an afternoon of sports beginning at 1 p.m. Eastern with the Bill Pickett Invitational Rodeo Showdown, followed by WNBA Summer Hoops at 4 p.m. Eastern. Head to the field for the NWSL. Then at prime time at 8 p.m. Eastern, the green flag is out for Superstar Saturday night and race number two of the Camping World SRX Series on the dirt track at Knoxville Fairgrounds in Iowa. A jam-packed Saturday of sports Saturday on CBS. Uh, Breach, which one of those incredible events are you looking forward to most? NWSL, I'm all about. It's my favorite soccer league. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say that too, but again, Breach's sister did play soccer, so he might actually be telling the truth there. Hey, Debo, let me ask you something. Are you a hat guy? Not really. In your sort of TikTok experiences and Instagram experiences, anyone wearing rope hats? That feels like that's straight out of 1987. Uh, the, everything goes in cycles, so I feel like rope hats have made somewhat of a comeback recently. You know, okay. snapbacks went through a phase where they came oh, back. You know what's next? What? Yeah. Visors? No, better. Rope visors. Rope visors. <laughs> yeah. Brenton, is that rope visor also 40 years old? <laughs> no, no, it's... Uh... 
I got this on my uh, my anniversary trip down to Pinehurst. Rope hats. That feels like straight out of Caddyshack with Judge Smith. I didn't even know rope visors existed. People need to watch YouTube just to see what a rope visor looks like. And look at this. This is cool. It's like these little twine. This is uh, Imperial caps. We need it. We need Imperial hats or Imperial. Can I choke you with the rope on the rope visor? Is that it's Imperial hats or Imperial caps? I think it's Imperial hats. Imperial oh. headwear. Excuse me. We need to get them to sponsor the podcast and do some pick picks rope hats. Hard pass. Thank you for the update, Debo. All right. What do we got? <laughs> QB competitions. Got a couple of them going down. We're going to go through, I don't know, five or four or five of them maybe uh, around the NFL. We'll discuss who should start, who the, will start week one, who should start week one. If the first one's Andy Dalton, I'd rather talk about row patch for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> change Debo stacking the rundown in my favor. <laughs> It is actually Andy Dalton and Justin what? Fields is our first quarterback competition. We'll be discussing the Chicago Bears signed Andy Dalton to a one-year $10 million deal and then traded up a future first with Dave Gettleman of the Giants. Uh, the surprising trade down to get Justin Fields in the first round. Matt Nagy said Andy Dalton's our starter. Justin's our number two, and we're going to stick with this plan. You've got to trust. You just got to trust the plan. He added that there is – as there are zero possible scenarios in which Justin Fields starts week one, to which I would say that's preposterous. By the way, when you said he added, I thought you were going to say he added, there is no plan. <laughs> and then he said, what pl plan? What plan? <laughs> yeah, he said there's a zero, zero possible scenarios where Justin Fields starts week one, which is absurd no i that makes, breaks his leg and then nick Foles like trips over a bible and, and breaks his toe or something i mean then all of a sudden you know justin, i i, I think quarterback i i think well the concern when justin fields was drafted he it, always always with these quarterbacks is location where they end up going the scheme fit and all that but uh my concern specifically was that matt nagy and jim uh 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 ryan pace excuse me being on such a hot seat that they were, I mean, they could seemingly should have gotten fired last year that they would rush Justin Fields out there when things went south. So to say he's not starting week one, that makes sense. But I guarantee you if the Bears start 0-3 and, and Andy Dalton has, you know, eight interceptions after three weeks, Justin Fields is going to be playing because they have to save their jobs because otherwise they'll be fired by, by Halloween. So I don't know if that's still the best case scenario. Maybe it turns into a Justin Herbert situation, but I feel like that that Chargers team was better offensively than this Bears team is. And there are a lot of question marks, and it starts with the coaching staff. So I, I think not rushing Justin, Justin Fields out there makes sense. But again, a no three start means that Justin Fields is going to be the starting quarterback in week four. Well, and Breach, I know you're going to get to some Andy Dalton stuff, but I would just point out really quickly that this is exactly what they did with Mike Glennon and Mitchell Trubisky. And it was clear what they were trying to do. They felt bad for the veteran that they gave a bunch of money to. They didn't want to bench him. And they also believe that they can pull this parachute ripcord midway through the season if they're not winning games and play the rookie and go to the boss people, the owners, and say, well, you know, uh, we got to see what the young kid can do. You got to give us more time to see what the young kid can do. And it just it just feels like a, a, self, a, 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 a move born out of self-preservation rather than mm. a move born out of developing the young quarterback. I will say the big difference between the Trubisky – Glennon situation and the Dalton field situation, besides the fact that I'm um, number one Andy Dalton fan in the world and the president of the Andy Dalton fan club and have been saying all offseason that he would be the starter in week one, even though they drafted Justin Fields. 
the biggest difference with the Glennon thing, though, is number one, that John Fox, that was his last year's coach, right? Yeah. So you, you have John Fox there. And at that point, Mike Glennon, I think, had less than 20 career starts in 2017. So you bring him into training camp and John Fox is like, uh, yeah, this guy's not as good as we thought he was going to be when I said he was going to be the starter. Let's just, you know, he's going to have a short leash. Boom. Trubisky ends up starting. Then you look at Matt Nagy, who has been in this situation before, and that might be clouding his judgment. I mean, you could certainly make that argument. Look, he was with the Chiefs in 2017 when they sat Patrick Mahomes. They put they started Alex Smith the whole season. That was the plan going into the season. No matter how good Mahomes looked in training camp or practice, they said, we are playing Alex Smith. And it seems that Matt Nagy has got himself into that line of thinking no matter what. And so I do think they're making the right decision just in the sense if you look at the Bears' schedule, like you do not want to throw Justin Fields out against Aaron Donald in week one on the road in prime time. I mean, there's no faster way to kill a rookie quarterback's confidence than having getting sacked eight times by Aaron Donald and getting three concussions in his first game on the field. Throw Dalton out there. We all know Dalton is rotten in prime time. What's going to happen? He's going to throw three interceptions. Then the Bears have uh, a reason to bench him. So I think if you look at how their schedule breaks down, you have the Rams, you start Dalton there. You have the Bengals in week two. You start Dalton there. Easy revenge game. And then uh, if he loses one or both of those games, which is completely possible, boom, you put him on the bench and bring in fields. Yeah, Mike Glennon actually started one and three when Trubisky came in and back in 2017. So that that feels like a similar blueprint this time around. It, it look, this is um, this is so, fine for it's, this is fine for Breach to. Well, uh, let me ask you this: Would you start him in Week One? You're just mad that Matt Nagy's on my side, Prince. Just admit it. No, no, no. What I would do is have a quarterback competition. And if Justin Fields, if Andy Dalton can't beat out Justin Fields and play Justin Fields. Yeah. What what if it's like 51, 49, Andy Dalton? Right. Well, then you can make the, then make a decision. I mean, that's, but why would you shut off the decision process now and say, doesn't matter. Even if Andy Dalton looks like Andy Dalton, it sucks it up. And then is an average below average quarterback throughout all of training camp and throughout all the preseason. He's still our week one starter. Even if Justin Fields looks great. Why would you cut off the decision? Well, that's what I'm saying with maybe the 2017 Thing clouding his judgment because it works so well. He's like, this is going to work in Chicago. It works with Patrick Mahomes, who is you know a great quarterback, and you know that is not Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, but he's just so zoned in on that line of thinking that he assumes it's going to work in Chicago. Also, it's when's also, the last time? A little irritating that Breach is Breach is like, well, of course, this is just like Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. Like Andy Dalton is anything. I'm not. Like- I'm saying that Matt Nagy was in a similar situation. That was the situation. I'm not like bring a random quarterback competition in. Or Andy Dalton's just not even close to as good Breach, as Alex Smith. Breach did just say that Andy Dalton's going to throw three interceptions in the season opener because he's terrible in prime time. So, That's I mean, good. he's clear. By the way, uh, when's the last time a first round pick at quarterback hasn't played his rookie season anyway? Justin Fields is going to play. Sure. I don't, just, it just bothers me the way that they're going about them. Yeah, but every coach says that. I mean, every single coach that has a quarterback, whether it's Matt Nagy or even Kyle Shanahan with Trey Lance, who played one game last year against Division Division One AA competition, sure, says maybe there's a chance. Yeah, I mean. But it's just dumb to say we're not going to do There's no chance. No chance to start week one. Like, what if he's great? But here's the thing. If he doesn't say that, then we have to, the media is going to keep badgering about it. And the man's already got enough things to worry about. So I think he's just trying to limit the, that, the sort of, 
That may very well be what he's trying to do. He's trying to minimize the amount of communication he has to engage in. With and he'll face, Justin Fields will face less pressure in training camp if, you know, the media is already sore on the fact that Dalton's the starter. So you don't get questions every day about who the starting quarterback is going to be. So Nagy gives himself some wiggle room while not dealing with, you know, everything he'd have to deal with if it was a, if he announced a true open competition before training camp even started. Yeah, I mean that that is fair. You know, he can I'll I'll give you that. He can he can point back and say, "Listen, I've told you over and over again. Andy Dalton is our week one starter, guys. Andy Dalton's starting. Andy Dalton's starting. I told you this. I'm not going to answer questions about who the starter is. Andy right. Dalton is the starter. And, Whereas if you have an open competition, you run into like every, every day. day you have to answer. That's that's fair. If that's if that's what he's doing, I can get on board with it a little more, but I still Justin don't. Fields is playing next season. That's Absolutely. all that. Matters. So, uh, what, what week are we predicting? Everybody should yeah, predict a week for each. Yes, that's right. The over under is week five. Um, I think it's. Oh, let's see if we can uh, over under week start. I wonder. I'm surely some. I bet it's. I, think, some I want to say four and a half, but I think four and a half might be make you go over. So I'm going to say week five. Um, I'm trying to see what. I want to go under, but they have some winnable games. Like I could see Dalton leading them to. Three and one. No, there's no way the Bears go three and one. Who's the schedule? The Rams and then who? The Bengals. The you Lions. You pick them to beat the Bengals. Oh, the Lions. My, my my! What a little. How the turntables have turned. I said there's some winnable yeah. games. Do you guys not think the Bears can beat the Bengals? Of course you can, but it's funny that you now you're going to have Andy Dalton versus the Bengals. I know. I know it's going to break my heart. I'm not going to be able to watch the game. It's going to torture my soul. So the Lions game, I think they can. My win. my my! How the what's after the Lions game? the Raiders no yeah they I think two and two is best case scenario I think three and one is probably best case by the way the uh DraftKings Sportsbook uh, pods I don't think William Hill has this I don't I think this is sp- like a specific to DraftKings issued these odds um so my bad William Hill if you got them but they they had Andy Dalton originally released at minus 160 to be the week one starter and Justin Fields plus 160 to be the week one starter they've since pulled the Bears' odds off the board since Matt Nagy said. What Maybe Matt Nagy had some money on Andy Dalton. Uh, it's entirely possible. So uh, <laughs> that's a joke. Don't. That's actually not a terrible idea. <laughs> I'm saying it's a joke, and you're like, it's a great uh, idea. Just make a quick 500 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Like, <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Why'd you get fired, Matt Nagy? Yeah, I won 500 bucks on Andy Dalton this week. One story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why didn't you bet more? That was the max 500. You know, <laughs> so at Rams. Bengals at Browns, Lions. Oh, they do have some winnable games. Oh, oh yeah, god. So at Raiders, then Packers. Ah, uh, see them selling Brinson on this. Holy moly! All right, the, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers are still beating the Bears. Uh, I don't know. No, they maybe not. Week five. So the over over under is week five when we see Justin Fields. Oh, I think it's. I think it's further than that. Ooh, interesting. So last year, it's. So Tua last year, I think, came in after they had a what three and three start, something like that. So he's over week five. Obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna set the over under at uh, week. I'll I'll say, here's my prediction for when he starts, and this is kind of a dangerous one, but I'll say week eleven against the Ravens. Way under. Who last year of the rookie quarterbacks in the first round didn't play till week eleven? Joe Burrow started. Obviously, Justin Herbert got lucky because Tyra Taylor got unlucky. Um. Tua came in sub, below week 11. Who were the first-round quarterbacks? Anyone else? Mm, what, last year? Yeah. Jordan Love. Oh, so that that that's the one. 
And that's because Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's that's easy for you. Yeah, I was going to say the under. I'm going to take week four. That's my exact guess. I I feel like that feels like a good guess. Dalton gets the first three games. If he goes one and two or oh and three, he's out. And oh and three means losing to the Bengals, losing to the Browns, losing to the Rams. And then week four, you get the Lions at home in a friendly environment, a winnable game. You put Justin Fields out there. No, if well, yeah, if they lose, if they go zero and three, then yeah, I think well, even at one and two, I think they put Fields out there. Okay, I was okay. sort of thinking they're two and two through week four, maybe three and two against the Raiders. If Aaron Rodgers didn't play, and maybe four and two against the Packers, and then you figure out how your season's going to go against Tampa, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh. <laughs> you know how that's going to go. I mean, that's you could easily be, and all of a sudden you're four and five going into the week 10 bye, and you're like, now it's time to shake it up and see what Fields has in week 11. So I would agree with that. I think it's either, I think you either do it week four or wait till after the bye or wait till after the bye. Or, you know, if, I mean, look, if look, this Bears team ain't afraid to lock box its way into some wins, <laughs> you know, like they specialize so in that. Tua came in in week six. Is that the game? Did he start that game? It's hard to find out though. No, he started week seven. So he came in in week six, started week end of week six, started week seven. And what was the Dolphins record in week seven? Week seven, they that was their bye week. They were three and three. Okay. So there you go. They were three and three with Ryan Fitzpatrick playing great. And here's the difference why I think that the Bears could even have a winning record and they turned to Justin Fields. Um, Brian Flores wasn't getting fired last year and they were three and three playing well and they still went with Tua. And Nagy and Pace, I would imagine, on a short lease. Have you guys heard this, by the way? I was talking to our buddy, um, Benny Serrato, at 105.7 um, in Baltimore, and he said there's some conversations that the Bears might be sold, and that's part of the reason why, potentially, that Nagy and Pace kept their jobs. So if that's I wrote a, a story about it, Wilson. Oh, I didn't read it. So what? What? Clearly. What? How does, yeah, how does that fit into a breach? I, I mean, new ownership, are they going to want to come in and clean house? I, I would think that would be an argument for them not keeping their jobs because a new owner kind of wants to come in, bring in their own staff, your own front office. I think that's why coach. you throw Justin Fields out there sooner, too, and you just hope that you catch lightning in the bottle like you did with Justin And if he's really good, the owners right. are going to keep you. They're going to be like, well, we can't get rid of you know Fields' as coach after his first year. Uh, yeah, I mean, that could definitely play into it. So, all right. Yeah, all you don't – you want – <laughs> you want easily disposable assets. If you're trying to sell a team, you want a, co- a coach and a GM that the new owner can get rid of along with, I mean, if you're trying to get maximum dollars along with a potential franchise quarterback. And I would think that Justin Fields, and actually, you know what? That's kind of interesting too. Is it possible that the decision not to play Fields plays into the, into the like you want you don't want to you want you want the new ownership you don't want the new ownership to see fields looking like crap it's like oh fields on the bench what could he be no i think he's your ace in the hole and you hope you have the ace being justin herbert and not being tua to try to save your job and that's the thing too if if pace and Nagy are trying to hold on to their jobs and there's a new owner coming in you want to try to win with the veteran and if it doesn't work you want to look like ryan's pointed out with herbert you want it to look like you can develop a young quarterback that is so that, again, this is born out of self-preservation. This never works out well for teams. I look forward to the Bears being terrible, but, of course, starting like four and two, and Bears fans give me crap until they fall apart and then somehow manage to limp into the playoffs. And then you get super passive-aggressive on Twitter, and it becomes a whole thing. Yeah, it's a cycle. And then when they make the playoffs with Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback all season, I will wear an Andy Dalton Bears jersey. 
okay. on the podcast. Cool. There you go, guys. No one asked for it, but okay. That's like, Wilson, no one asked for you to bet on your own tattoo, but you did it. No, but you're yeah. like, this isn't that, a bet. Nobody took you up on the Andy Dalton. You're just like, I'm going to do this, Andy. We're like, we don't want you to. Yeah. The Broncos have Drew Locke, the former second-round pick, um, who is to uh, – I would say volatile, I think is a good way to describe Drew Locke, along with – His play, not his personality. <laughs> sure. Along with the not-so-volatile – Teddy Bridgewater, Vic Fangio has said it will be an open competition that people get 50-50 reps. Pat Shermer said, I think they're both getting better. They've both gotten work with the starters and they've had a chance to share the workload with regard to the reps. I've seen improvement in Drew from decision-making, his timing and accuracy. Getting a feel again for Teddy, you can see the things he does well. Remember, Pat Shermer was with him uh, briefly, I believe, in Minnesota. For Teddy, it's more getting up to speed with what we've done. He's right on board with the new things that we're doing. It's been good. We have a lot of work left before we play the opener. I think we've built a really good foundation, not only for the quarterbacks, for the team going Going to training camp, we'll be ready to go. Is there a more boring person alive than Pat Shermer? Um, probably, but I don't know who it is. Maybe not in football. He is so boring, and I mean, I don't want to say that he's. Is Bill Belichick more exciting than Pat Shermer? Yes, Shermer. Even at the coach's breakfast, is like glaring at you. Like, why are you asking this question? Yeah, B- like, Belichick has a sense of humor. Yeah. What about uh, McAdoo? Ben McAdoo. He has different hairstyles. True. Uh, trying to think. Oh, good oh, call, Debo. Debo. Ah, he claps. Jason Garrett. Jason, Jason Garrett claps a lot, so I feel like he's not boring. Jason Garrett's kind of secretly funny. He's enthusiastic. That's a. That must be a huge secret because I've never heard him say one it, funny it thing. Is, it, he's not funny like his press conferences, but if you get him like away from it, I think he is. If it looks like he's there, it oh, is. The it looks like he's Hum- jumping on his bows. Somebody hit the Brinson Humble brag button. Yeah, when you get him away by himself, he's he's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I just mean like when he's like in the like a. Um. Anyway, Zach, Zach Taylor oozes excitement. <laughs> Zach Taylor was much more entertaining on the 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 Flying Coach podcast with uh, Peter Schrager. Oh, there you go. Tom McVay. I was surprised by that. Anyhow, yeah, maybe maybe it is Shermer. So on this one, I think that. Ted, so on the Bears, I think that Fields should start, or at least it should be open. The Andy Dalton will start. Here, I think it's obviously a little bit different. The they've taken the odds down for this one as well, which is kind of surprising. I think that wow, I don't even Drew know should start, and I think he will start. Yeah, I'm fine with that. But again, he has to play substantially better than he did a year ago because there are no excuses with his offense. His offense. Here's how I think about it: If Aaron Rodgers gets traded to Denver. They're not the favorites in that division, but they're certainly favorites to go to the playoffs and, and make potentially a, a deep playoff run. Drew Locke, I have no idea who's going to show up, but the offense is really good. The defense, they drafted a bunch of defensive guys they can help. Um, uh, what's his name? Von Miller's coming back. We'll see what, what state he's in in terms of his age and recovery from that. But that defense still should be pretty good. So this is all about Drew Locke. And you mentioned the decision-making. decision-making the decision-making, decision-making has to be better. And, and again, I think if we see three or four weeks of not great Drew Locke, I, I think you roll with Teddy Bridgewater. I think actually, you know who should start Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's what I was going to, I feel like Vic Fangio right now was like, I don't even want any updates on the quarterback competition because I've got all my eggs and we're trading for Aaron Rodgers basket. Uh, so don't even tell me anything going on till August when I've given up on my Rodgers dream. Because uh, if you're the Broncos, that's what you have to want. You have Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, this is not a QB competition that, you know, if you're 
Vic Fangio, you're thinking, I hope they both lose and we run the Wildcat because right. that's like this, a scooter versus a go kart, or you get a Ferrari. Right, right. And you're going to race around uh, a track in Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You're not winning in the scooter <laughs> or the go kart. Um, yeah. So I, I do think that if, and if you're Drew Locke, if you lose this competition, I mean, your starting days for the rest of your career are probably over. If you cannot beat Teddy Bridgewater when you already know the offense, uh, you know, you have a leg up on him. You, you should win this competition. And if you don't, you're probably a career backup. So it's a big competition for Drew Locke. I agree with you guys. I think he'll eventually be the starter unless they trade for Aaron Rodgers, which I think that is what they want to do. And I think they'll eventually get it done. Yeah. Drew Locke's entering year three of a four year rookie deal. So this is make or break time. The thing, and the reason why you go Locke and then Teddy is you're hoping that Locke can win you games early. And you've got some winnable matchups out of the gate, by the way. The Giants at the Giants in week one. I mean, it's not a freebie. They got a good defense, but you could that's a winnable game. At the Jaguars in week two. I mean, also probably not a freebie, but certainly a winnable game. Jets in week three at home. Uh, you would you would think that the Broncos would be favored there. And then Baltimore in week four at Pittsburgh in week five. Raiders at home in week six. What is Drew Locke? If he starts all six games, what is his record through that? I want to say three and three. And I three think, and three. It better not be worse than three and three. If it's three and three, I think he keeps his job. You have to win the first three games. The Giants game will probably be the toughest. We'll you see. can beat the Raiders. You could start one and two and then beat the Raiders. Be three and three. If you start one and two, then you should be benched because that means you've only beaten uh, of the three, the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. You've only won one time. That's, and you have that's ugly. Two, yeah, and you have two hard games. I think if that happens. If you get swept by the New York teams, you should automatically lose your job as a quarterback. Or you go to Jacksonville and lose. And you know, I think if they're one and two going to week four, and Drew Locke, and it's clearly on Drew Locke that these losses are happening. It's not like the defense has been terrible and Locke's playing okay. Uh, I would expect that Teddy Bridgewater plays against the Ravens in week four because your petrified Drew Locke will turn it over eight times against the Ravens. And then, you know, you see how you do, and maybe you could see Teddy, maybe you could see Drew Locke again. It feels as if Drew, if Teddy doesn't win them games and Teddy's just sort of hanging out and they're still not winning, maybe they go back to Locke. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the reason they're not odds up there is because. You know, Aaron Rodgers is in play. And so, you know what's crazy? If you put Aaron Rodgers as the starting quarterback on this team and you look at their schedule, I mean. You you feel like they're going to be easily a playoff team, right? I mean, we're talking about the Giants. The Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If they beat Baltimore, then all of a sudden. They get Aaron Rodgers on this undefeated. team. It makes him the second best team in the in the conference. Behind the only other team, what team in their division. Like I, I'd like them better than the I Bills see, with Aaron Rodgers. I'd, I'd like the Bills better. No way, Aaron Rodgers too. With this team, they're they're a top they're a top three team in the in the conference. Think, think about this: Aaron Rodgers is throwing to Devontae Adams and no one else. This team is absolutely stacked at wide receiver and tight end. Sure, they don't even war with him yet. So you got to learn. I mean, you know, new system and all that. I mean, there's there's some things, it, you know. But yes, I agree. With Aaron you. Rodgers is so vindictive towards Green Bay. I guarantee you, he knows the 31 offenses already, like the back of his hand. So he's he'll be ready to go. I I would agree. I I think. Aaron Rodgers makes them a top three team in the, in the conference, but unfortunately they are. Um, they don't have Rodgers yet. <laughs> yeah, they don't have Aaron Rodgers. They got Drew Lock and Teddy Bridgewater. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, a couple more quarterback battles to look at. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. 
The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The New Orleans Saints have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Jameis slimmed down with LASIK surgery, like the, like the 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 disastrous, you know, uh, girlfriend boyfriend you had. Or I guess boyfriend would be the, the correct, the, the, you know, the the crazy guy, like guy that you know, like your your daughter dated in college, who's now like cleaned up his act. Jameis two point All right. Not that I know anything about that. Mm-hmm. Jameis said, "One year not playing has made me even hungrier." Eating W's to get back at the helm and lead a team. My about to be seven years in this league has been a blessing because I worked my whole life to have the opportunity to be a starting quarterback in this league. Taysom Hill asked about it, said, I've really been able to tailor all my workouts and everything to just being a quarterback, just knowing and feeling like I won't have to take on as much as I did last year. So that's been the emphasis. But the mindset of getting better every day and improving on what you've done in the past, that hasn't changed. Boy, those are some nice, I don't know what you would even call them, just uh, platitudes. Just right. not- not saying anything. Uh, who, all right, so DraftKings Sportsbook does have odds on this. Jameis, a heavy favorite, minus 250. Taysom Hill, plus 175. I think this is to be the week one starting quarterback. And Ian Book, 33-1, to one, if you feel like getting spicy. Um, I think Jameis should start week one. I think he will start week one. But I bet it's something like 70-30 Jameis Taysom in terms of snap count. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think Jameis makes the most sense, but Sean Payton seems – to really love Taysom Hill, and maybe there's a plan for him. And we talk about Taysom Hill being old. He'll be 31 when the season ends. But if you're a quarterback, 30 years old now, 31 a year from now, that's actually pretty young. So if that's what you want to do with him, and he was actually really good at BYU as a quarterback. The the injuries were the 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 big issue for him, and that's part of the reason uh, I think it went. I think he was undrafted, right? Um, that he he wasn't drafted highly. At the very yeah, undrafted. Uh, so I think obviously Jameis makes the most sense, and if Jameis hopefully looks like we thought he looked had he played a lot last year when he came in he made that one touchdown on the trick play and he looked great and you mentioned he was slimmed up but we don't know what long-term Jameis looks like in terms of starting five or six or seven games like I said hopefully he plays better and, and he's in a system where he can have success because of Sean Payton and it's not the system in, in Tampa where he you know threw 30 something interceptions but if anyone can make Taysom Hill work I, I feel like Sean Payton's right up there with with, with Andy Reid and maybe those are the only two guys you know, more so than even Shanahan or, or, or McVay 
uh, taking a, a non-conventional quarterback and having success with maybe John Harbaugh deserves to be in that conversation as well. But uh, Jameis makes sense. It's just a matter of not getting too far behind the Buccaneers because I don't think there'll be much other competition from the Falcons or the Panthers. I think one interesting thing about this competition is that Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill have two completely different skill sets. I mean, you even look at last year when Drew Brees got hurt, what did they do? They brought in Jameis Winston to finish that game because Jameis Winston uh, you know, was more fit for the game plan they had with Drew Brees. And then what they do after that game, they built the entire game plan around Taysom Hill and he became the starting quarterback because you can't run a Taysom Hill game plan with Jameis Winston and then vice versa. You can't do the Winston game plan really with Taysom Hill. And so it really feels like Sean Payton's going to have to get this figured out as quickly as possible. And and I do think, I agree with you, Ryan, I think it's going to be Jameis as the starter. I do think they'll still try and work in Taysom Hill some, but look, Sean Payton, he knows the offense. He loves to run. The one he had the most success with was the one, obviously, that Drew Brees ran. And that's he's going to want to stay close to what he knows. And I, I think that is going to lead to Jameis Winston winning this competition unless you know he goes full Tua and starts throwing five interceptions every single day in practice. But I think we'll see both of these quarterbacks. Um, but definitely Jameis Winston is a starter in week one. I also think when you look at this and you're handicapping when the Saints might go to Taysom Hill, I would guess that it's more like if Jameis gets hurt. I just don't know that he's – I don't know that Sean Payton's going to make Taysom Hill his permanent starting quarterback where you then you like, – What if Jameis throws, again, and eight interceptions in the first two games? If he goes full Jameis, then it's entirely possible. Sure. What if he goes two platoon, just does the both quarterbacks? Yeah, that I feel like they could be packages for Taysom. I think Taysom is going to see a ton of snaps. I think the idea of Taysom Hill. But Taysom did say in the comments that you read. Drew Brees in the late prime off the field for Taysom Hill. He's he's sure as hell yank him off for Jameis Winston. Yeah, but Taysom said in the quote you read, I've really been able to tailor all my workouts and everything to just being a quarterback. So I don't know if he's going to be doing, you know, punt protector and returning kicks and playing wide receiver. I think think what he'll do is he's going to take what he did with Drew Brees and ratchet it up about five to 10% in terms of, and so when you do that, you minimize the number of mistakes James Winston can make. What if they're actually better with James? Cause he can throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. I think that's possible. I think it's very possible. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Cam Newton. Ooh. Cam. You know, I don't know if you guys know this. Cam is Mac. Smelled, spelled backwards. I what? thought you were going to say Mac, Mac is Cam spelled backwards. I thought you were going to say Cam is Mac and Cheese spelled backwards. <laughs> I think Cam Newton calls Mac Jones Mac and Cheese. Oh, there you go. He also calls, uh, what did he, he, they listed as nicknames. I think Mike Reese did of ESPN. What did he say that uh, he calls Bill Belichick? It's like, um, I don't uh, know. I'll look it up. Well, all right. So anyway, uh, Cam Newton minus 305 to be the week one starter at DraftKings. Uh, Mac Jones plus 250. Jared Sitton 14 to 1. I would think that Mac Jones is decent value there at plus 250 because mainly Cam gets hurt or he looks really good. But it does seem it's trending towards Cam being the week one starter here in in New England. Uh, So I think he should and I think he will. But I think we will see Mac Jones at some point. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. I'm trying to find the nickname, but you have me curious. I can't find find it. it. You talk about the thing. Yeah, no, I think that's the whole reason that you, you drafted uh, Mac Jones in the first place because you were uncertain about Cam who 
didn't look great last year. We know he suffered the COVID, and he said that it affected his ability uh, to play like he's used to playing. We know he's had the, the foot injuries and the shoulder injuries, and, and Breach has mentioned this, and I've mentioned this. He, he has not looked like the 2015 MVP version of Cam Newton in quite some time. Uh, so what Cam are you getting? Now, as is expected, the, the reports out of training are OTAs and minicamps that he looks great, but that's every single player that's ever played football in the NFL for the last 30 years to look great in May and June. We'll see what happens uh, when they get to training camp and, and the competition becomes uh, more of a thing. But I, I think Cam's the starter, and it may be a sort of a Jameis slash Taysom Hill situation where you see Matt come in for some series and do some things. Uh, sort of the it'll be the reverse because Mac is more Jameis than he is Taysom, and Cam is obviously the Taysom Hill role. Uh, but but I think they're going to try to ease Mac in there, and, and just like every other first round pick except Jordan Love, I suspect Mac will be starting before the year's over. The yeah. by the way, the nickname for Bill Belichick, Dollar Dollar Bill. Dollar Dollar Bill. I'm gonna start Dalla, calling Dalla, you Dollar Dollar Will. Bill Belichick's like, hello, Cam. Dollar <laughs> ah, Dollar Bill, what's up? He's like, well, hello, Cam. Can you imagine Tom Brady calling him Dollar? Can you imagine anybody calling him Dollar Dollar Bill? No, Literally anyone. Nobody. I mean, it's crazy. This competition to me is like, Brinson, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Mac Jones at plus two fifty. Like that sounds like a flyer worth taking because. There's no reason he can't be the starting quarterback. You know, we talked about uh, Dalton versus Fields, which is the other kind of first round versus an established veteran who hasn't done anything in a while. And, you know, the Bears are sticking to their guns. I don't think the Patriots are going to stick to their guns. If Mac Jones outplays Cam Newton in training camp, I think he's the week one starter. And we don't know how good Cam Newton can be. You know, we saw flashes last year, but as Wilson mentioned, he, he has never been able, he hasn't been able to put it together in a few years and be consistently good. And if he's not consistently good, then boom, you have Mac Jones as your insurance sitting right there. So I think that if Mac Jones can prove during preseason games that he can pick up this offense and play well, that the Patriots won't have any problem starting him. So I do think I'm kind of like 55, 45 on this. I think Cam Newton will win the comp, the, the QB competition and be the week one starter, but I won't be surprised at all if Mac Jones is. And at plus two fifty, man, that is uh that is, those are some very, very friendly numbers and good value with Mac. I would tend to agree there. Finally, 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Of course, they drafted, traded up a ton of first-round picks for Trey Lance, moved up to get him. Jimmy Garoppolo minus 278 to start. Trey Lance plus 220. Josh Rosen, 33 to 1. I didn't know they had Josh Rosen on the roster. Good for them. And uh, Nate Sudfeld, 40 to 1. Is Nate, Nate Sudfeld the guy who saved Debo season last year? That's the one and only. Who has a better chance to start, Sudfeld or Rosen? Well, Rosen, according Sud- to Sudfeld's. Sudfeld got you a first-round pick. Josh Rosen cost you a first-round pick. You do that. That's right. Uh, anyway, I think Jimmy Garoppolo will start week one. I think he should start week one. I'm okay with that. Now, if same thing with Fields and Dalton. What's I'm sorry, what's the Trey Lance number again? Uh, plus 220. And Mac Jones is higher than that? Mac Jones is plus 250, yeah. That's nuts. There's no way. This is Now, Matt Nagy says no way Trey Lance starts. That I agree with. Matt, he hasn't played a football game. In two years, and it's against FCS competition. You're telling me he's going to roll in there and command Kyle Shanahan's system in week one? Seems unlikely. <laughs> well, and real quick, Shanahan went on uh, a, a, a podcast with The Athletic this week and said, I definitely see it as Jimmy's the starter, but if Trey's ready to compete, I have no problem with it. I don't sit there and say, hey, 
we're not playing a rookie quarterback. We have to rest them the first year. I don't really make any decisions like that until I actually have an opinion on it. So it sounds like he's playing to start Jimmy unless Trey Lance blows him away. That's also a testament to the difference between Kyle Shanahan and Matt Nagy. Like Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> you get the impression doesn't mind answering questions that he may not want to answer, whereas Matt Nagy wants nothing to do with it. So he just he says, look, uh, day one, this guy is not playing. Quit asking me about it, whereas Kyle Shanahan <laughs> sort of hedges. And he'll get asked again. And I don't even know if I've ever seen Kyle Shanahan come off as not being nice in a press conference. Sometimes Matt Nagy gets a little agitated, and, and, I, and I get that. But those are the differences in those two answers. The the other thing about remember Kyle Shanahan, they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo in the middle of the season. Uh, what is it, two thousand seventeen? It was on Easter. Yeah, but no, that's not right. They traded for him in the middle of the season. East oh, it was to Easter, uh, Halloween. Sorry, October. When 30th. do you celebrate Easter, Wilson? <laughs> October thirty first. It was a trade deadline. It was on Easter. Uh, Easter yeah. again. Halloween. It was on Halloween. Yeah, because it was like, was this a joke? Oh, a Halloween prank? What's going on? Easter. Kyle Shanahan sat Jimmy Garoppolo for five meaningless games. The 49ers are out of it. Sat him for five meaningless games to allow him to learn the system before putting him out there and then play Jimmy G for the final five games of the season. So I think and if, he won them all. That was the big talking point. Remember that? He's five and oh, oh my gosh. You were picking him to be MVP the next year. It was crazy. And he tore his ACL. So I think what we have here is the same sort of situation. I would anticipate that what they do is put Jimmy Garoppolo out there for at least five games. I think Jimmy Garoppolo could play the whole season if they're winning games and that they're fine with that. But he's going to give Trey Lance time to learn the system. Now, if Trey Lance looks incredible, he'll go with him and he'll trade Jimmy G. But the idea, the whole idea behind wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. If he looks incredible in training camp, you think he'll start week one and trade Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I don't think it's out of the question, but I, I don't think it's likely. I think the whole idea behind having Jimmy G. They're, after this year, they're probably getting rid of Jimmy G anyway. But the idea of trading up to get that quarterback, to get Trey Lance, is that if Jimmy G gets hurt or he struggles on the field, you have the parachute, the ripcord, where you can go to Trey Lance because they believe they have a Super Bowl roster now. So I think they want multiple options out there. So I think it's really unlikely they'll trade him. I also I just think Jimmy G is going to be the guy in week one. And this is the Alex Smith 2017 situation where they're saying, look, Jimmy, you got a chance to make yourself some money to give yourself a great landing spot and a possible trade. Go get it done. Go, you know, get us to the playoffs, win a bunch of games. You can play the whole season. You got an unlimited leash. And if you're winning and you're playing well, you're going to be out there. What do you have to get this sort of, we talked about this, the Julio Jones trade back in the day, like the Falcons needed to get the Super Bowl and win it. And they should have done it. What does the 49ers need to accomplish given all they've given up for Trey Lance? Assume, let's assume he doesn't play this year. So that's one year you already can't do anything with them and you have five years left with them. If you get them on the fifth year option or four, yeah, four more years left on the fifth year option. So what, what's best case over the next four years, assuming he doesn't play in year one in terms of what should be. What's best case, the Super Bowl? No, but what realistically should we expect for a guy at FCS who hasn't played in two years and you give up three first round picks to move up to get him? Um, I don't I think it's crazy. He could be a pro bowl caliber quarterback under Kyle Shanahan's system Year two as a starter. Year two. Wow. All right. I mean, I mean, I don't say he's going to make a pro. But also, how much time do you give Shanahan? I mean, what if the 49ers are bad this year? What are you talking about? It's preposterous. Okay. Just listen to me. Hear me out. For Zach Taylor to keep his job, you're like, fire Kyle Shanahan. No, I didn't say that. Can I finish? Go ahead. He's at Ryan is asking what is the best case scenario with Trey Lance. 
Shanahan's already been there for what five seasons. He's only had he's one been to a Super Bowl. Okay, him, one winning finish. season, one let winning season, one winning season. He's been there four seasons. Okay, so so let's say they go six and eleven this year, and then with Jimmy half the season, Trey Lance gets the job in twenty twenty two. They go six and eleven again, and you're the 49ers, and now you have three straight six win seasons. Are you keeping Kyle Shanahan? I think you are, but the the one of the issues well, and, and, and you go six and eleven because Trey Lance isn't it right. doesn't look as great as you know, you just gave up all that compensation for him. That's so right. So a couple things. So you you've lost out on the compensation going forward, and you also you talk about the Super Bowl window, Brent. So now we're two years into this thing. Those guys are older, their contracts are expiring, they want new deals. So where are you at now? So I, I think it's a huge gamble. I'm I'm I have no issue with them trading up because obviously I thought they were taking Mac Jones. I would have been fine with that too. But now the expectations, we haven't really talked about it because everyone was so laser focused on dumping on Mac Jones for being the number three overall pick. Trey Lance faces pressure, probably not as much pressure publicly because he's not Mac Jones. But I think like maybe not this year. I think it's fair to think that he should be able to sit for a year, but the pressure is on immediately in 2022 for him to win football games. For sure. What's it, what would be your over under on number of starts for Trey Lance in 2021? It, let's assume Jimmy G stays healthy. Then we can say if he doesn't say if he stays healthy, over under for Trey Lance is three. Okay, I'll take the over. I'll take the over there. Okay, I think the over under should be like six. I'm just talking about a healthy Jimmy G for seven, 18 weeks, whatever we're doing here. So they start out at Lions, at Eagles. Packers at home, Seahawks at home, at Cardinals before your week six bye. What's a tougher game, the Lions or the Eagles? <laughs> They're both on the road. Both on the road oh, out east. Oh, that was for Debo. Breach. I wasn't being serious. <laughs> Debo's trying to answer. The, I mean, uh, Breach trying to answer the question. Well, you know, they're both on the road. Maybe you know what we need is like you know how Levitard has the like the the, the box container cam. We need a, a little Debo cam like right above Debo wherever he is. So whenever we make snide unnecessary eagle comments dude we would see debo doing work for the podcast he likes doing work on <laughs> that's what we would see I mean, he's everything he's like uh-huh he's like working on all things looking guests for all things covered right if jimmy g starts the first five weeks of the season what is the 49ers record going to their week six by again at detroit at philly green bay seattle both of those at home at arizona they are i think seven or eight point do, do the packers have aaron Rodgers or not um. Yes, I don't care what it, whether he's there or not. I think even two and three. He's still Green Bay. I think two and three. He's still the starter. Ooh, and I think the record is four and one. I think they're probably four. I think they're probably four and one, and he's still the starter. Now, if he gets hurt, obviously Trey Lance can come in. And then after the bye, week seven, Indy at home, at Chicago, Arizona at home. The Rams at home, those are tough defense. Well, Brinson, you're talking about four and one. I'm talking about four and one. So the 49ers have high expectations. That goes along with uh, if they're a six win team this year, I think that puts Shanahan on the hot seat for 2022. That's a good point. Not hot seat, but I think there's some questions that will be asked. He's not on the hot seat. I, I think no, he no, he's not at all. He is not at all. I'm saying if they win six games in 2021. No, I was going to say he could win two games in 2021 and still not be on the hot seat. Did, um, I don't know if you are aware of this breach, but um, uh, he signed a contract extension like last year. <laughs> breach is trying to get. I don't Kyle care. Just get fired all the time. He's trying to get Kyle Shanahan to Cincinnati, and this is how he's doing. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I, I would be. I think if they win six games this year, that 
they'll at least be I, I don't think so the 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 thing about the 49ers is and you could sort of see it this all season you know they're tweeting at um uh old juice right they're calling you they're doing drunk facetimes with juice jen york kyle shanahan and john lynch are, bo- are like buddies and jen york's the only guy who's going to fire those guys so i just don't think it's a case of them really being on the hot seat. Now, if they win six games this year and then Trey Lance looks terrible next year, maybe. They can, like I said, they that was my games. thing. I, but nothing would happen in the next two seasons. The firing wouldn't happen until after 2022. So, like, okay. that Preach, is... would you trade three first round picks for Kyle Shanahan if you're the Bengals? Oh, in a heartbeat. No, I'll trade two. All right, well, you're not getting them then. You get, you get, you get the uh, discount version, and his name is Zach Taylor. <laughs> Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm turning down and keep Zach Taylor with the Kyle Shanahan plus two first round picks. For- how about Zach Taylor for Kyle Shanahan straight up? Yeah, how, how about it? Yeah, how about how about it, buddy? Uh, all right, that's it. That's the show. Good talk about the quarterback concert, the quarterback battles going on around the NFL as we get ready for training camp, the offseason, I guess. And uh, everyone have a great weekend. Talk to you on Monday. We got a little mailbag. There'll be some good stuff there. 